welcome to the Purple Talk podcast on NBC Sports California. I am joined by not one of the greatest shooting guards in Sacramento Kings history, but two. Uh, Mr. Doug Christie, say hello, Doug. Hey, hey, how you doing? What's happening? What's happening, guys? And that is Mr. Mitch Richmond. We've got. Oh, I'm sorry. Hey, what's happening, guys? How you guys doing? We've got Mitch Richmond and Doug Christie. That's right. Uh, Mitch, we're living life in, uh, I don't even know. I mean, we can't call it quarantine, but in lockdown, um, how are you guys holding up down there in LA, uh, in lockdown? Uh, holding up very well. I mean, you got to do a lot of stuff, uh, you know, at the house, uh, working out outside, uh, you know, getting, getting to know each other more and, uh, just having a great time. You, you reading books? You you binge watching? What uh, you doing? I, I should be reading books. I tell you that. But I've, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts. How about that? Oh, hey. Listen to yeah, yeah. Listening to a lot of podcasts, and um, yeah, I've seen everything on Netflix. No question about that. <laughs> I mean, geez, it's like I've never been to Netflix and been like, man, I've seen everything. Like I don't want to. Yes, I'm trying to find something else to watch. Now, uh, what podcast has stuck out to you? What are you listening to that really that you? Well, it's a lot of political. It's a lot of political podcasts. You know, I'm listening to some things. Listen to Doctor Shiva. I don't know if you guys know, okay. know about Doctor Shiva. Yeah, yeah. Been listening okay. to him. Uh, another young guy by the name of Young Pharaoh. You know, sometimes I'm listening to him. So, uh, listen to a lot of things. There you go. You know, uh, hey, be- go ahead, go ahead, Mitch. Yeah. Neil, go ahead, Mitch. Go, go ahead, Doug. <laughs> no, no. I, I was going to say. Uh, the podcast have you been watching any uh the last dance oh of course i mean come on <laughs> I mean, you, you, know, you, you gotta watch that i mean that's a that's a must see that's, that's definitely a must see now mitch when you're watching the last yeah. dance are you like yeah. uh everyone in sacramento who's waiting to see mitch richmond like where's waldo like you show up on the screen with dennis rodman uh-huh. uh, watching film there's another clip where they go to a still with Jordan with you in the background. Is, right. is it cool to see yourself in, in that, uh, in the documentary? Uh, yeah, it's just cool. I wasn't expecting it. Uh, definitely, you know, I was just uh, reminiscing like anybody else, uh, you know, that Bulls team. Uh, you know, you can test uh, some of the things that Michael was saying and Scotty was saying. Uh, uh, you can relate to that team. And, uh, you know, you just remember the, the battles that you had with that team. But that was the awesome team. Doug can, can remember playing against that team. It was a uh, it was a, a fascinating team. Um, you know, they had it all. They played together. Uh, they played defense. They played both ends of the court. And, and they shared the ball. So it was, it was a tough team to beat. You know, Mitch, I was talking to him before you came on about mm-hmm. the different ways to try to go at Michael. And mm-hmm. I, I was telling him, I, I think that Mitch's approach wasn't necessarily defensively. It was to actually mm-hmm. attack him on the offensive end, which was right. your best defense. Would that would right. that be correct? Uh, yeah, it was, it was definitely correct. And also, you know, I, I did study him, study him a lot. And just like any other player, when you go up against him, um, you know, he was such a talent uh, that if you didn't come and play on the defensive end, he could get 60 on you. And so if you did come and, you know, if you did come and play hard and, and played aggressive and, and made him uh, fight for everything he, you know, he, he, he did or everything he tried to get, he'll get 30. And yeah. so that's what I tried to do is just really try to, you know, it was very hard to stop him. But what I tried to do is be physical with him, um, uh, try to be as physical as possible. Just like, you know, they said in the doc, when he gets airborne, you know, it's pretty much, you know, nothing you can do. Yeah. So what I tried to do is try to, 
make sure I try to put a hand on him, uh, try to put my body on him as much as possible. And then also, like you said, uh, uh, make him play defense, uh, make it, uh, make him play D. And, uh, you know, I, we knew that he was going to play D, uh, but you just got to make him work so he can get tired on the other end. But that never happens. Uh, you just got to <laughs> you got to continue to keep playing and keep going right at him just like he goes at you. Now, I wanted to ask both of you guys this. Was there something that – was there anything that you could do to take something away? Could you take away – like force him left or force him right or or was there, you know, like uh, get up tight or, or back off? I mean, what was it that, like, you found nothing worked 100%, but what was mm -hmm. it that maybe you could limit him? Well, I think in, in every – like uh, like we said, when we go over film – I would always watch the game that he played before, and I would always watch him just naturally or what he does. And then what I would do is I, I would kind of re try to remember some of the plays that he's getting used to. I know some of the plays that when he was at top, he would, he would act like he was coming to the ball, and then he would try to go for a lob. So what I tried to do is try to play in between. and always told my guy, if he goes up top, just kind of sh uh, show for me a little bit because I don't want him to get the lob. So I'm going to play him so he won't get the lob and then, I'm going to be probably a couple seconds late of, of getting out to him, but sometimes he doesn't shoot the ball very quick, so I can give myself a time to get in front of him. And so then he wants to kind of play a little bit, kind of show a little bit, so he's not going to really actually shoot the ball very quick at times. He wants to, he wants to give you a little his, uh, his Michael Jordan-ish. You know, more than anything, I think that uh, Mitch hit it, Ham. You know, I, I, when I played against him, and that was the 72 win year, I, I tried to be extremely physical with him. One thing that I always appreciated about Mike is he never cried. He just would handle the right. business. If you were physical, right. he was going to be physical. And I, I always, that, that was just for me, uh, playing against Mitch, the same thing. It, it, there mm -hmm. was no crying to the refs. It's if we're going to play this way, let's play this way, and we, right. we could just handle it. Um, I, I would try to force him off of his spot and make him shoot a jump shot which I mean the point is you got to pick your poison <laughs> like Mitch said if you let him get in the air if you let him get to the basket it's pretty much a wrap not only will he get fouled but he'll finish so just try to shoot a contested jump shot I mean and, and make him work for it push him off of his spot and things like that yeah. all right so then I guess the question is uh Doug what was it like defending Mitch because I know Mitch, you and I have discussed this. Uh, Jordan, like, very specifically said he thought you were this, this, the second-best yeah. shooting guard in the NBA outside mm -hmm. of him. Uh, I mean, super high honor, but, of course, you're a Hall of Famer. So, mm -hmm. you know, you should consider yourself that. But, Doug, what was it like to defend Mitch, and how do you take stuff away from that guy? You know, guarding Mitch was difficult because Mitch was like a, a, a boxer. He was like a body puncher. There's a physicality to his game that he dominated a lot of two guards. I mean, I was about that time, I was probably about 205. Mitch was probably about, what, 215, Mitch, maybe? Yeah, 220? Yeah, 218. 218, yep. So, you know, use his back. It was hard to push him off of his spot. If I tried to push him off of his spot, he felt the leverage. He would move, get the ball. Now I'm in a compromising position. So with Mitch, it was you would kind of I'd kind of let him try to get to where he's at try to contest the shot I mean incredible mid-range game high free throw percentage finish around the basket could shoot the three that wasn't part of the game but he could knock it down so man it Mitch was Mitch was a bad dude man <laughs> I'm just, so when you talk about a hall of famer um 
a lot of times, Ham, more than anything, try to make it as difficult as you possibly can for a guy like Mitch. Meaning if he's going to shoot a shot, make him arch it a little bit. Make him get off of his spot a little bit. But know that you're not going to stop it. That, that's just not going to happen. Now, Mitch, what was it that made a, a, a team like the Bulls so much – uh, more difficult and even I mean you were around to to play against the Kings mm -hmm. in in that early 2000s after you went to Washington and right. uh, and then to the Lakers but uh, just the team concept that was so much mm -hmm. different I mean you were for all intents and purposes you were kind of an, on an island in Sacramento I mean you had mm -hmm. some some quality <laughs> players but you never had another all-star you never had I mean when Wayman Tisdale or we're discussing whether Wayman Tisdale or Lionel Simmons were, you know, your best teammate that you played with. I mean, what was it like to go against not just a superstar, but a superstar that has those other pieces uh, or even a team like Doug's where it was like a compilation of really, really high quality players that could all really help each other. So I, I, I think, uh, I think, you know, just, you know, we talk about the Michael Jordan when he first came into the league, how difficult it was to guard him because he was, he was at a, such a, a different pace than everyone was. He was coming at you 24-7 uh, um, and really not, uh, really not using a pick, really not uh, playing with the other guys. He was just so dominant uh, with the ball and he could do so many things. I think playing against the team when he started, you know, with the 72 team, uh, 72 uh, Bulls team, uh, it got really uh, difficult because it was the spacing, it was the patience of Michael. Then you had to learn like, oh man, you know, uh, going against the triangle, it was so many cuts that they were doing that you had to be aware of. And Michael was so good at setting you up thinking he, you were going somewhere else and he'll come off the screen or he'll go for a lob or he'll, go like he's not, you know, coming to the ball and then he'll post. So it was very difficult, and especially, you know, you're talking about the Kings team. I, I played a couple times against the Kings team with the, with, uh, the debuckers and all that. You got so many options uh, that is very, very difficult to guard when you have those options. So you always have to uh, keep your head on a swivel. So it's very difficult when, when it happens. You know, yeah, you, you know, Ham, like when you listen right there to – what Mitch is saying when you're talking about like me guarding Mitch, for instance. So when you're guarding a player that is this great, you're going to take something away. So what I would do is I would say, okay, I'm not going to let him go right, right, but he's so good going left takes the percentage down a little bit, but not that much. And when we're talking about Michael Jordan, I mean, the whole point of the triangle or the corner offense was to read. If you're on the right, I go left. If you're on the left, I go right. And that's why if you have well-rounded players, it works so good, which you know what might have been frustrating? You tell me, Mitch, mm -hmm. because Mike would guard you, but mm -hmm. then they would put Scotty on you as well. Yes. yes. Yeah, no, no question about it. I mean, you, and then sometimes Dennis Rodman would switch on. Wow. You know what I mean? So, uh, that, that was the, especially like, you know, when you look at that clip and, you know, a lot of people said that I was in that film and he was, he was studying it. At that time, you know, guys were one, two or three guys at me. So every, everyone had to be, you know, uh, I think everyone had to be on the game plan. Everyone had to understand that what play was coming. So it wasn't just for Michael to understand what I was doing. It was for the team to understand what I was doing, too. Just like Michael, like when I would look at film, I would go in and say, hey, man, listen, you got to watch this play. Because this guy, you know, you, know, yeah. you got to watch the play because I don't want to do the lob 
and and one of the things I, I tried to take away from Michael, and it was very hard to do, was you don't want him to get in the open court. And so you try to keep that much as keep that down as much as possible because he can get 15 points just on the fast break. And if he does that, you know, then he ends up with 40 or 45. So I wanted to try to I wanted to try to keep it keep close to him as much as possible. And you know, and and when I was and when you know my teammates uh, switched on him, I got mad at him if they didn't play him hard because shit, yeah. you, know I mean? you got to play him hard. Play him hard. And the, and the one thing about it, you know, Doug, if and you you're a defender. You can see the you can see it in the eyes of a guy that you're guarding that he don't want no yes. part of. You know what I mean? So when I got the ball yeah. I, and I see it in the eyes of a guy that he don't want to guard me, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I could do anything I possibly want. And that's what Michael was so good at. He would get in the minds of those guys. And like for me, I, I never would talk to him. Uh, you know, we'll you know we'll throw a bowl, throw a here and that, but I never would yeah. talk. My, my game wasn't talking. My game was just showing and playing hard. That's the only thing that I had. That's the only thing I had in my officer that just play hard and everything else will come out the right way. You, you know, it, it's interesting when you say that because, like, when you, you think about Kobe mm -hmm. and trying to guard him many times, if, for instance, if I'm getting subbed out and say Bobby was coming right. in and I had, you know, I'd been holding him to yeah. decent as Bobby was passing me, I'm like, don't let him get hot. Exactly. So I, I try one thing I try to do is not really get in foul trouble, just make it very difficult for him. Uh the one thing you, you get caught up with Michael is that he you know you he's pushing you, he's pushing you. And and let's let's talk about the the, the evolution of Mike. When he first came in, he was fast, he was mm -hmm. quick, he was all those mm -hmm. things, but he wasn't strong. And then later on in his years, you know, everything early on was just at flight. Later on, when he, you know, he started playing with the team, he started doing everything down low, his body and you, uh, start lifting weights, he started posting up more, really kind of start, I think he, he, he uh, tinkered off his game a little bit with the speed, but just with, just with being so, so focused on just, uh, uh, what, what, scoring on each play, he was just, yeah. he was just so efficient. So yeah. the, the evolution of his game just kind of changed. And, and just like you're saying with Kobe, those guys, when you when you guard them, you got to let them know that hey, I'm I'm here to guard. I'm listen. Yeah. You're gonna score on me, but I'm gonna be right back right. in your face. And yep. this is what's gonna happen because if you score on a guy, you know. Yeah. If a yeah. guy, if you score on a guy, got backs off you the next couple of plays, you're like, man, I got him all day. Yeah. You got him. <laughs> you basically got him for the rest of your career until he, <laughs> until he make a change. You know what I mean? So <laughs> Michael, no Michael know that. So that's why I, I never really talked to him. I really just tried to play him each and every night, each and hard. And he still got his 30 points. You know, I still got my 30 points, but it, it was just a great battle. Um, and, and I love I loved that's the awesome. battle against him. Yeah. I've never once in my life had looked across and someone looked at me like, uh oh. That's never happened with me. <laughs> On the offensive end, that's never happened. So I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, well, when, when, you, when, you hear, when you hear Shaq say barbecue chicken, there yeah. you go. That's, that's, that's what it is. That's what that means. That's what that means. Yeah. All right. So uh, you guys are both great defenders. It's something that I think uh, we can appreciate. Like the lineage of Sacramento Kings shooting guards. Uh, really, really good defenders. Um, but what was it like to go up against a team where, again, you look at there's Jordan, there's Pippen, and there's Rodman. Uh, Rodman, for me, is a guy I've, – I've brought this to when Willie Cauley-Stein was a young player. Hey, man, 
are you going and watching film of Rodman just so you can start to see how he reads the ball coming off? Um, I think Rodman even talked about it in, mm-hmm. in the last dance about how, you know, when uh, Jordan, he, he could read the spin on Jordan's ball and he would go to whatever side. Um, and Willie Cauley Stein looked at me like I was absolutely crazy. Like, why would I ever watch Dennis Rodman? And I just looked at him like, man, if Dennis Rodman was yeah, seven foot tall with a, that kind of wingspan, um, he would have been even greater. But is it something that you guys, like when you walk into a game and you're like, man, where do I go? Because these guys, they're so great individually and as a whole. Yeah. Are you there? Is he there? Ham, ham, ham broke up on us. Oh, we got that's frozen a, ham right that, now. Yeah, that's that's a cold. Oh, uh, that's a cold pose. But you, <laughs> you know what? When, when you talk, Mitch, about the great teams, for instance, your game totally changed when you went from Sacramento to Golden State because in Golden State you had yeah. Tim and you had Chris, and then you put some other pieces around it. Right. Speak to the difference of being the man right. and three guys running at you being on a team like run TMC right. and now you got more space you can right. create the game became more easy for you man listen you you know this I mean like and, and people don't understand how hard it is uh, when you you know you're scoring points and they say you know you don't have anybody else on your team we had players no question about yes. it yes uh, yeah right. you know what I mean but we you know I was the more more of the guy that was scoring the more of the points and when you have guys like when I was playing with Tim and, and Chris and listen, man, it was easy. I mean, because <laughs> it was easy. It was easy for you. It was hard as hell for us. <laughs> exactly. Because you, you didn't, you didn't really truly know who to double that night, you know, because yeah. some nights they'll double me, some nights they'll double Chris, some nights they'll, you know, they'll try to take the hand, the ball out of uh, Tim's hand. And it was just so much easier to do your job, what you needed to do at that particular time. And and then because you know that other guy was gonna do his. And so, yeah, that 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 was that was the easy part. When I went to Sacramento, you know, we had a lot of young guys who was really trying mm-hmm. to learn uh how to play and, and and so for me, that was the actually the first time in my career that I had a losing season uh for me. Okay. So like and, and throughout my whole career. So going to Sacramento was it was it was really tough at that particular time because you know, I wanted to win too and I understand that we had a young team and that was going to be difficult uh, uh, throughout my career now to kind of get that up. But just like you're saying, it was harder, man. Like, you know, I had to make sure that I got my rest. I had to make yeah. sure uh, that I, I had the ice. I had to make sure that my body was prepared to play. Absolutely. Um, you know, each and every night that it was going to be a, a different challenge for me. It might be a guy like you that was 6'5", was 6'6", six, six, with long arms, very quick, that I had to say, okay, now I got to you know, uh, kind of chill my game down a little bit. Kind yeah, of right. Right. Him. I got to pick my spots because he can block my shot. So then it was guys that, you know, I, I knew that was bigger, but they couldn't move. So it was just different things. So I had to find ways to, to not only score on one, how to beat the double team. And so when, when I, when I, uh, when I started studying that a little bit more, when I got to Sacramento, I started learning ways to go quick. Uh, and when the double team come, uh, kind of bump into the guy and get to the foul line. So I might not score the point, but I might mm-hmm. get to the foul line in some way. So it was just ways like that. 
You know, Ham, good to see you back there. You know, as you as you say that, Mitch, I, I, we can talk, you talk about the evolution of Michael Jordan. We both watched the evolution of Kobe Bryant. But speaking mm -hmm. to the evolution of Mitch Richmond, Moberly Area College, then mm -hmm. on to uh, to um, Kansas State. State. Yeah. Did, when, when you were young, did you know you were going to make it to the MDA? Were you a late bloomer? How did, how did the evolution begin? Late bloomer. Um, okay. Yeah. See, I, I played, uh, I played football all the way up. Oh, so, yeah. well, Hey, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. Think yes. It makes sense now. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> I, I played football and then uh, I started playing uh, basketball in the 10th grade. Okay. So I switched over to start playing basketball, you know, and, you know, being in Florida, man, it's hot out there. You know what I mean? So I felt like, I, let me go and try this. I can always go back to football at some point in time. But once when I, I fell in love with the game, um, it was easier. Uh, I think it was easy for me to play hard because of the physicality that I was coming from football. So yeah. I played, I played hard. It, it, that was a natural thing. I didn't have the, I, I had the jumping skills. Uh, I can dunk. I can do all of that. But all the other stuff came with that just by playing hard and just by uh, uh, working on my game. And then went to Juco. I, I never knew I was going to, you know, make it to the NBA or, or nothing like that. I, I just love football. Uh, football was my number one sport. Uh, but then when I went to Juco, just still going to Juco, just not, you know, looking at the NBA, but just loving something that I just uh, found so uh, late in my, my high school career. Uh, right. So played JUCO, and then all of a sudden, man, I get getting all these offers from these, all these other schools, and I'm like, okay, all right. I mean, okay, boom. I went to K-State, and then I think my junior year, I made the uh, – I got a – well, I got a, a letter to to uh, to uh, try out for the World University Games. Okay. Uh, and uh, Coach K was uh, coaching that team, and it was all the, the, the best players I've seen on TV or, and, you know, going to K-State, and then all of a sudden, I end up uh, being the leading scorer of that team. And then came with a, 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 a different confidence uh, my senior year. Because uh, my whole junior year, I played with, with, with a broken hand. So I, uh, I played with a rubber cast my whole junior year. Wow. And average like 19 points. And uh, so. You're just showing off now. I, mean, hey, <laughs> I, I didn't know. It was, my, it was my shooting hand. And I didn't want, they wanted me to red shirt. And I'm like, man, I don't want a red shirt. I, I want to play. I'm just coming from Juco. And uh, they found, you know, they, they decided to put a rubber cast on my hand, and I, I just played the rest of the season with a with a rubber cast. Uh, so then my senior year, um, it, it, you know, I remember Lon Kruger coming to me. I had Dana Altman yeah. coaching uh, Oregon, but Lon Kruger came to me when I first got to K State, and uh, he said, "If you can give me 30 minutes before practice and 30 minutes after practice, you have an, a great opportunity uh, to play this game a long time." Wow. And, yeah, so we uh, – and I said, hey, let's do it. 30 minutes? I mean, come on, man. I work out longer than that. I mean, like 30, right. 30 minutes. Yeah. So, yeah, so Coach Krug at that time used to play with us all the time. I used to play. Oh, and really? So with us and, yeah. And, uh, yeah, we just worked out each and every day, man, 30 minutes after, 30 minutes before. And then my senior year got, you know, selected for the, the, the Olympic team, and, uh, and there it was. You are listening to the Purple Talk podcast on NBC Sports California. If you haven't already, hop on, give us a rating and review. We'd greatly appreciate it. Now let's get to a word from our sponsor. 
Big O Tires is open and here to serve you. In accordance with the shelter-in-place mandate, Big O Tires is considered an essential business and most locations remain open. Call your local Big O Tires store for store hours and information. Big O Tires, the team you trust. All right, let's get back to the podcast. Mitch Richmond, Doug Christie, James Ham on the Purple Talk podcast. You know, you talked about playing football in high school. Um, what is it, first of all, what position did you play? And then secondly, you're, if, you're, if I'm not mistaken, your best friend was Michael Irvin, right? Yeah, we, we grew up together, no question. Uh, but yeah, my, The playmaker. Yeah, <laughs> crazy. I know, people always say, yeah, like how the heck did you guys do grow up? I, right. I, I, listen, it was easy to grow up with Mike because uh, Mike was always the guy that wanted to go through the front door, and I always wanted to go around the back. <laughs> so let, let him go and do his shine, and I just come on like 20 minutes later, come through. You know, I like to be low-key. Mike was always loud. So that, that was fun. But, but yeah, I, a football, I played defensive end and tight end. So it was, yeah. it was physical. It was, that's all it was was, you know, when I was a little kid, we just, you know, tackle and, and played, you know, football out on the concrete. And then the gra- – I mean – so when, when basketball came and, you know, playing hard, it just came easy for me just to play hard and, and play physical. You stay in touch with the playmaker to this day? Oh, oh yeah. I talked to him the other day. Fool. Yes, sir. Oh, man. Yeah. I, one of my favorites growing oh, up. I got a lot of people from Texas. I'm a Seahawks fan, but uh, yeah. growing up in the household, you you had to root for for them, yeah. man. No yeah. doubt. 88? That's the, oh, yeah, man. Yeah. I never knew that, bitch. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We grew, and the one thing about him, he, you know, just like he is now, he, man, he was he was at late at night, midnight. He was running running drills and, and doing things on a football field. Like, he was dedicated to the game. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, we grew up together. He's a fool, no question about it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and still well, is. <laughs> so, so you, so you went to the the first Olympics. That that's the one I believe you guys got a silver yeah. medal. Then you go back in '96 uh, and, and got the gold medal. What what was uh what was the feeling like of putting on that USA jersey and representing the country? Man, it was it was outstanding. Um, you know, in, you think about my short career in basketball. That was what uh high school sophomore what that was five years five years yeah, wow he was playing and, and making the olympic team man i i mean you could have pinched me i couldn't feel right it was like i i, I didn't know what was going on everything was happening so fast uh and i'm like man i mean i should have been doing this a long time ago but <laughs> right but, but but no not really man it was it was just uh, exciting to put on a usa uniform it was kind of bitter and sweet because when we didn't win I never knew, I never thought I'd get another opportunity to play for the Olympics again because they were going to the pros. So I didn't never know how that was going to pan out. Uh, uh, but so, yeah, it was, it was bittersweet, but it was, it was great to put on the USA uniform, no question. Who was on that 96 team with you that, that you won gold with? Oh, shoot, everyone. So Scotty, Carmelone, Gary Payton, Stockton, Miller, Grant, uh, Penny Hardaway, Shaq. Uh, Barkley, Elijah Wan, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I think that's it. Yep, Elijah Wan. Yeah, yeah. Man, what was it? What know. was it like to play with that that type of you know? I mean, you, run TMC. You guys had three guys who yeah. either are in the Hall of Fame or should be. Right. But to play with a group up like that, where you have to give something and. Uh, you know, yeah, it, 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 it was easier. It, it was, you know, just like you, you put your ego to the side. You know that that guy is going to do his job. 
on the other end, you know that you're going in with guys that really love the game, love to play it. Uh, so you just go and do your job um, and, and, and play together. It, it was great for me because uh, my mom and my family, my dad and everyone lives in Atlanta. My mom in Florida got a chance to uh, see me play in the Olympics because it was in Atlanta. So wow. uh, it, it was pretty cool, really cool. You know, you have an interesting perspective because you competed against Michael, obviously, at the highest level, but you also competed against Kobe, but then you were also a teammate of Kobe. To watch him, uh, obviously, unfortunately, passing away recently, to, to watch him do his work, when you, when you think about the similarities, did, did you see them in, in person? I mean, we, uh, I'm, this is more for the fans that are watching because yeah. yeah, yeah, no I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, no question about it. I mean, like, you know, you know, now um, I think Kobe, uh, when he retired, he started talking about how he talked about talked to Michael a lot. But Kobe wouldn't indulge that information before that. You know, he was always, man, I don't like Mike. Man, Mike's cool. No, right. man. I, don't, I don't talk to Mike. Man, I don't look at his tapes. Man, and we, yep. used to always, we used to always talk like, come on, Kobe, come on, man, stop it. Man, I don't listen to it. I don't look at his tapes. Oh, look, come on, we know you do. Like, we know I you. can see it. Yeah, we can see it. I mean, like, we, we can see, we know what you're doing. Uh, but he, he was, man, he was such a student of the game, no question about it. Um, uh, because he, he would play against a guy, just like he would play against a guy and see a guy do a move, he would try to come and do it and practice the next day. Uh, that's all, yeah, that's what, that's what he was about. He was about, you know, trying to perfect his game. Uh, and I love that about him. Uh, and that's what he was. He was a, the up and coming star, but he worked on his game. So everything that he got was, uh, uh, you know, he worked for. You know, uh, Kings Lakers, always such a rivalry between the, the two franchises. But, you know, what was it like to, to get the ring? Let me tell, let me say a story about getting that ring. Okay. Oh, boy. <laughs> I, I, I didn't play much uh, that year. I played early on in the year. So mm-hmm. you got to think about this. I played seven years in Sacramento. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden I got an opportunity to win a goddamn ring. And I got to go up against the Sacramento Kings. Oh, my God. That was nerve-wracking. Are you freaking kidding me? Like, listen. And then they took it. I mean, like, listen. You, you guys had an opportunity to freaking go to the next. Oh. Bro, let me, let me say something to you. I w- would sit on that bench and would, after the game, my whole uniform would be <laughs> like I played. I'm like, oh my God, I cannot believe I got an opportunity to get a ring and the Kings are going to win it. I'm like, oh <laughs> man, you you don't understand. I, I think when uh, uh when Robert Horry made that shot, yeah, I was the first one out there to hug him because I'm like, oh my God, what? I I, I it was unbelievable. But yeah, I, I know that that that's heartburn for you, but listen, man, it was <laughs> It was heartburn for me, man, just to go back. And now the Kings has an opportunity to win it all. Like, you know, even those times, we had been waiting for Pager forever. Like, when I was with the Kings, um, yeah. you know, we had, we had drafted Pager, and I, was, I couldn't wait for Pager. I couldn't wait to play with Pager. I'm like, man, come on, <laughs> please, man. Then all of a sudden I heard that we won't be signing him. He won't be coming. I'm like, oh, my God. I mean, we needed a guy like him and then to add on to that. And so time I left, you know, you guys got a new owner and he just, you know, he threw money at the team and, and he got, he got a winner. So yeah, man, it, it was really tough at that time. 
playing for for Phil Jackson. Uh, you know, I, I had the ability to play under Pat Riley. Uh, obviously, Rick and uh, some some great coaches, but uh, Phil, and especially looking at the Last Dance and seeing how he goes about about his business, that mental approach, the outside, the burning sage, different things like that. How, how was that experience for you? Uh, that's, that's right. What they were saying, like he had a calm, cool, you know, collective uh, thing about him where he would come in and, you know, it can be, you know, in, in the uh, huddle, if we're down five, you're down six and it's 20. I never knew how much 20 seconds was. Like usually when you like, you know, 20 seconds, you'd be like, oh my God, we got 20 seconds, man. Ain't no goddamn right. Right. You know, but, but Phil was like, hey, we got a, we got a lot of time. <laughs> yes. No, it's 20 seconds up there, bro. It's 20 seconds. No, we got a lot of time. Listen, just, hey, let's just get a bucket right here. We'll get a foul. We're going to be fine. Don't worry about it. Wow. Okay. But it, it was just a calm, cool, collective. He would come He would come through the practice sometimes, and we would be in there, and you can hear somebody beating the drum. He's beating the drum, coming through the hallways. Uh, just doing all stuff that's kind of the motivation, get your mind like focused and, and focus on the task. Wow. Yeah. Physically beating a drum, not just. Yeah. No, physically beating, yeah. you know, you got the thing. <laughs> He's beating it. Yeah, it, it was, it was crazy. You know, Mitch, uh, Jerry Reynolds told me a story um, maybe a couple of weeks ago on a podcast that uh, he had a trade worked out for uh, Lionel Simmons to Indiana for Detlef Shrimp. Mm -hmm. and uh it was all done and mm -hmm. and he would have been it would have been the two of you mm -hmm. uh and of course ownership said yeah uh we're not going to pay them we're not going to pay debt lift mm -hmm. that's going to be too much money mm -hmm. um what would that have done for for your team for your career to have another player added while you were with the kings again yeah. uh wayman wayman tisdale was was a very good player yeah. uh lionel simmons was a very good player but they weren't all-star level like a guy like that Lashrim. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I, I think, man, you, you, man, I don't even want to go back to there, man. I, I should choke there right now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> don't tell that story, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> no, but 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 it, at that particular time, you know, Lionel, Lionel was you know a good friend of mine. Actually, I talked to him the other day. But Lionel, all those guys was really young. It was a young team. It was a young team, and and really, they didn't know how to win in the NBA. They was just excited to be there. Uh, so it, it, it was going to take some time. And so if we needed, if it was an opportunity to get more veteran players, uh, for sure I would have loved that. Uh, but, I, but I did love playing with Lionel Simmons. It was just, you, you got to understand who we were playing up against. And this is uh, what I want to tell people. Like, like all these teams now, they're, they're playing against young guys. Like when, we, when I came in, we were playing against teams like, you know, Clyde Drexler with the Portland Trailblazers, who was loaded in the Western Conference, and they were grown men. All these guys had no hairlines. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Nobody had, no one had hairlines. I'm telling you, you know it, Chrissy. Like, <laughs> I do. They were so difficult. Carl Malone, you're talking about the Utah Jazz, man. You, you talk about Golden State, who was just a running team at that particular time. Then you talk about the Lakers. Like, we were going up against grown men, and we were not going to win any games with young kids. No question about it. If, if we had young talent, but we had to have a mixture. And if you didn't have the right mixture, that's what happened, you know, and that's what happened. We, we just didn't have enough talent to go up against these super teams because the West was loaded. I mean, every position, 
every every night I played, you know, we talk about Michael, but we don't talk about every night going up against the other guys that played the two-guard position. Every one of those guys was averaging 24, 25 points a game. I mean, like, it was it was tough to guard them, and you had to be prepared to be, be ready to play. You, you know, there was a, uh, a level of physicality back then, Mitch, mm-hmm. and I think that we're seeing it when you look at the bad boy Pistons, when you look right. at the Celtics and the Lakers and that rivalry that went on. Uh, I, I mean, even when you go to, you know, this is more the 90s, but the New York Knicks had that level of physicality about them. There was Indiana Pacers team with the Davis boys. Um, Today's game, a lot more free, a lot more movement. Just speak to the the physicality. We see it, and, and I think people are getting a chance to see it, and now they go, man, if you did that today, you would get ejected. Yeah, you, you, you probably would, but there was the ability to send a message that you really can't do today. Yeah, I, I think um, it was more oriented team defenses back then. Mm. You know, it, okay. was, it, was, it wasn't just an individual matchup. And just like you're saying, like Detroit Pistons, they couldn't guard Michael one-on-one. So it had to be a right. team effort. Portland Trailblazers, it was a team effort, man. They had Clyde Drexler. They had uh, Jerome Kershaw. They had Doug Work. Buck Williams is one of the strongest Ooh. guys that ever played in the game. Man. They just had so, so much talent. And I think it was team-oriented defenses that now I think is more of an individual game. Uh, like sometimes you can – it can be uh, – I can watch games right now and, and not saying that anything is wrong with it, but it's just a different game. And you right. see five on five and it's a half court game and a guy would be in the half court and he makes a layup and you probably see two or three guys in the picture. Like, where's the other guys? Like, you know right. what I mean? What other, what other two? <laughs> you know like, back then it was so much team oriented and you didn't get layups. You know what I mean? You didn't you know. get layups in half court. You had to do a lot of movement and all that, but, you didn't get layups at that time. So, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just definitely a different game. Now, Mitch, you talk about the different game. Mm-hmm. Um, you really could shoot the three. Michael wasn't a great three-point shooter. Right. How would you guys fare in the modern NBA where it's the spacing, like what you're talking about, is wide open, uh, a lot more three-point shots. Um, but, you know, the mid-range game is almost non-existent now unless you play for the San Antonio Spurs. The mid-range game is kind of dead. Oh, thrive, brother. Thrive. No, no question. Doubt. I, I think you you would adjust. You would adjust. Uh, it's not that I couldn't shoot the three. I just didn't shoot too many of them. You know what right. I mean? So, you know, if I had an opportunity, because I, I remember coming out of games, um, you know, taking my first rest and, and being like, man, I shot five threes. That's enough tonight. I'm, I'm not shooting no more. You know what I mean? I got to get to the wow. basket. Now, you know, shoot, if I had a chance to shoot 15, 20, I might shoot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Buddy Hill's average is almost in a game. Uh, how many? How many? He's almost, he's like like 9.7 a game attempts. Oh, wow. Like, a lot of people think I took a lot of shots. If you go back and look at, I average, I mean, it is a lot of shots, but I average like 18 shots a game. 17, 18, probably 18 That's shots a game. not crazy, man. And you're talking about 10 shots from the three. Good God. Man, <laughs> yeah, I, I do look back and say, man, I should have shot more. Shoot. Yeah. I should have yeah. shot more. These guys, they, they don't care if they miss. 
So I, yeah. I, I, I'm with you. You know, when they when they look at comparing eras and different things like that, I, I just don't think that people take into consideration greatness. Right. Meaning right. that you were willing to put the work in. Mike right. was willing to put the work in. So right. whatever the task was going to be, whether it was three-point, whether it was ball handling, whether it was post-up, you were willing to do it. So right. if you put that in this era, you're right. going to be just as effective or, or more effective because of the angles and the different things right. that you took advantage of that a lot of times and sometimes the skill level has gone up in today right. there is crazy skill no it's question. the application of the skill yes. that i think has deteriorated a little bit yeah no question about it and, and you talk about even the even you putting the players today in our game they just have to adjust and, and yes the great, when the great ones do it they have to work on their game and you're going to have to definitely work on your game i, I think uh uh I think something is good. Like, like let's look at, at Vince Carter and look at Kobe Bryant. When Kobe Bryant mm -hmm. came into the game, he came into a game where it was a little bit more physical. He was definitely a, a talent. You know that he was going to be the future of the NBA. But, you know, you, you got a guy like him. Think about him. He came in a game where it was very, you know, I'm sorry, very physical, uh, very tough uh, defensive-wise, you know, not scoring a lot of points. And then all of a sudden his game evolved and mm -hmm. the rules changed. Yes, they now, did. Yeah, so now you got a guy that has been playing with guys that they had to hand check you, and he's been working on his game to be hand checked, working on all of his pivots, working on all of his footwork. Now you get him in the game, and by the time he retired, you couldn't touch him. Yep. Like that's what Michael would have been. Like if you're saying Michael would have been what Kobe was doing, and even more because wow, when he took flight, you couldn't get up there. It, it, no. it, it was a whole nother level. And he, you know, the ball was like a baseball to him. Like it was, yeah. it was, he can do that's it. A big, that's a big, that's yeah. a big advantage. Yes. I mean, yes. there's some shots where you see him jump in the air and then he's yes. hanging and he, and he, he got it like this. Like everybody exactly. can't do that, man. No. And, and you think about Kobe couldn't palm the ball. Nope. You know what I mean? So, so what I've said is like Kobe was, when he got to the point where he's been working on his craft, and in the gym, he was unstoppable. I'd never seen a guy pump fake. You couldn't pump fake when I played three or four times without being touched. If you got pump fake, they put the body on you and you yeah. a shot off. Right. Kobe would pump fake three, four, three, and then spin back the other way. Like <laughs> it footwork that he had learned throughout going through all that. And then now it just evolved to, uh, to a tremendous player that he couldn't be stopped. Yeah. He was now, uh, you talk about tremendous players can't be stopped I just wonder what are your thoughts on um uh, on why am I drawing a blank uh Houston Rockets uh Harden uh, yeah, like James Harden. because yeah. you talk about the guy who basically has lived in a world without hand checked who who, yes. who grew up in a game without that mm -hmm. and now he he gets bumped just barely I mean talk about like when you were going to the rim mm -hmm. you would get absolutely beat down i remember watching spud webb run into the key get flattened on his back by mark eaton and get up looking for a foul and nothing right. but now you got a guy like harden who who literally you you like graze his beard and he gets a foul call. <laughs> well you you, you got to think about it. he 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 mastered his craft and you yep. know christy christy played with a guy that mastered his craft and that was yeah uh, bloody deep bloody yeah he mastered his craft by looking like somebody tore his head off. You ought to yep. make somebody <laughs> rip his arm off. 
he mastered the craft and what and then now you put that with how he can score the basketball and first of all and, and another thing he's left-handed so he's awkward so yeah. now you don't know if you're pushing him left or pushing him right he's just worked on his craft uh, to be one of the, the dominant scores in the game and then now he he gets to the free throw line 15 times without you even touching him is is is, is crazy but he mastered his craft. That's what it is. You, you, you know, Ham, when you listen to Mitch right there, really what you're saying is he th – these players are super smart. M right. Mitch would – Mitch knew the rules, mm -hmm. and he would he would get to the line uh, and shake the fence and right. figure out a way to take full advantage of it. Well, right. when the rules started changing and when they were below the free throw line, you couldn't put your hand on them. So now Kobe would square up real quick and look at the ref and say his hands on me. Boom, there's a foul. We're in the penalty. He's at the free throw line. So James Harden is taking advantage of what the rules are. And to Mitch's point, he's mastered his craft to the point where he's actually integrated that into yeah. his game. Yes. Wow. And it's tough. And, and, I, and, and to, to add to that, when I was a rookie, and all my years at Golden State, we would practice. We would practice. We would have a drill. And Don Nelson set up a drill for us to when you get hit, you yell. You yell and you, you, you do a cuss word. You do something. <laughs> we, would, we would practice. Oh, shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, we would practice that. And, and it worked for my, throughout my career that you work on it, and when you get bumped just a tag, you, you yell. And, Tim, and if I don't know if anybody, if you ever saw, if you ever watch any of Tim Hardaway's games, and when he's going to the hole, you can hear throughout the crowd, because he used to yell yes. so loud. Oh, shit! You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> get the foul. So we, we, used to, we used to have drills on that every day that we would, we would go through that. So it's just, just practice. Just practice. All right. Hey, look, we can't keep this going all day. I wish we could. Um, this, but this has been amazing to actually get both of you guys on here. I love it. It's great content. Um, Mitch, uh, I, I don't know if, if you've caught up with the recent, um, well, what was it? First take. It was Stephen A. Smith, uh, but Hassan uh, Minhaj. Uh, yeah, where he, he literally yeah. said that you are the, uh, the second oh, greatest player in the history. What, what do you got from that? I laughed. I, I, I laughed. I, I looked at everybody's face on there. I said, hey, man, the guy's saying who we like. <laughs> Shut up. What the <laughs> wrong with y'all? You know what I mean? All right? Hey. You know, so, it, you know, it, it was funny. It, it, was, it was funny. It was good. He actually reached out to me on Instagram. So we've been texting each other on Instagram. Yeah. Okay. Well, what do you got for him? Why don't you tell him right here? Uh, how much you appreciate the the shout out like that? Well, first of all, I want to say that you were right, and uh, no, <laughs> no, no, no. I, just, hey, now, thanks for the love, man. I, I appreciate any time, man, that you you play a game and you do something that you love and and you put the effort and the time in it, and, and someone appreciates that, man. It's the it's the yeah. ultimate feeling for someone, man, to give no you some doubt. love back and and show you that and say that, hey, man, I watch you growing up, or I, I loved how you played hard and. I just love that. So I, I felt like I left it out there on the court. And when someone, you know, gives me praise like that, man, I, I love it. You know, I have the, uh, the joy of being Doug's cameraman walking around right. uh, Golden right. One. Everywhere Doug we go, we, we go shot. to get, 
Hey, Doug, Doug, where you, where you, yeah. Doug, okay, Doug, where you getting them suits from now? So, yeah, you know, you know I, I, I got I got a hookup whenever you're ready, man. I got. Oh, okay. <laughs> I know you've been getting them overseas. I know you got to stop that right now, right? <laughs> <laughs> they, they got you. They got your boy locked up right uh, now, man. You gotta go to Princeton now, homie. Come on, over to get your suit. Oh. He's got to pay that real man. money now for his suits. Doug's not going to look good. By the way, by the way, Doug, I talked to one of your your good friends, our good friends, when we when we met. Me and Doug met when actually were you in college at the time or you was just coming to the league? Remember Curtis Clark? Yeah, man. Yeah. Tell CC I said hello, man. Yeah, I, I talked to him the other day. So I met yeah. I met Doug through uh, actually Curtis Clark way back yeah, when when he do. was in the league and, and me and Doug used to hang a little bit. So Yeah. He's a good fun. brother, man. Tell him I yeah, said hello. I will. Man. I will. I'll let him I'll let him yeah. know. That sounds man, like all trouble. Love to, uh, uh, no, well, obviously, yes. Uh, all love to you and the family, man. You guys right, stay you safe, too, brother. All right, man. You too, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for joining us, Mitch. Okay. All right, that's that's going to do it for this time. time. I'll be ready next time on the Zoom. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> be right. We'll be ready. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the Purple Talk podcast on NBC Sports California. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we're going to have to do this one again uh, very soon. Okay. So, thanks. Christmas. Right, cool. Tell Christy, let's do this again sometime. Cheers.